What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Digi Tavern. It's another episode of Juani Plays. Today, I'm finally getting a chance to sit down and talk about V Rising. Let's roll an intro. Let's get into this podcast. <music> Thank you so much for tuning in. Welcome to another episode of Juwani Plays. And today I'm talking about V Rising. And I've been talking about this game for a little while now. Uh, we have talked about it a lot in our crossovers on the Digitavern podcast. I haven't actually had a chance to sit down and do a recording for Juwani Plays. Mostly because we're doing some uh, renovations over here. And it's been kind of kind of noisy to kind of get some... It's been kind of hard to get some uh, quiet time. But I got some right now. And I'm going to take advantage of it. So... Let's talk about V Rising. Now, V Rising is an early access game. It's a vampire survival build kind of like isometric game made by Stunlock Studios. It is a beautiful, beautiful game, first and foremost. So to give this game an example, if you've not played this yet, it's kind of like it's kind of like Diablo meets Dota meets divinity meets minecraft and it's actually really really fun i mean i've had this game now so I, I mean i don't know that was a it's a great sound so, uh, um i've had this game now for at least i want to say two maybe three to four weeks and i have easily already put in 52 hours into this game and i haven't even like I don't even think I've cracked the surface of what this game can be all about. Because as of right now, I'm still adventuring in the first zones of this game. So with that being said, let's give a breakdown and synopsis of the game V Rising. From from Steam, the direct quote from Steam Lab from Steam Labs, I should not call it Steam Labs, but whatever. Uh, Awaken as a vampire. Hunt for blood in the nearby settlements to regain your strength and evade the scorching sun to survive. Raise your castle and thrive in the ever-changing open world full of mystery. Gain allies online and conquer the land of the living. Stunlock Studios. As of today, its release date was May 17th, 2022. Its overall reviews are extremely positive. Very, very positive. Right now, I'm actually updating the game as I'm looking at all this stuff because I haven't played it in a little while. I've been kind of busy, um, so I've not been able to play it. So my 52 hours are staying at 52 hours. But this game is in early access, and they are patching it probably every, I want to say, 10 days. Uh, well, at least it feels like every other 10 days because they are really listening to the community, listening to the feedback. And this is something that I think that I love about early access games, but something that I also kind of hate about them. Fredo and I have talked about this in the DigiTavern podcast before, whereas gaming has changed a lot, whereas before we used to get games when they were done, or quote-unquote done, and then when they had you know bugs or sudden crashes or whatever was wrong with them, you know they would, we would report back or send a crash report or bug report, and the developers would fix it, and sometimes they wouldn't, or in the case of Mass Effect, they would completely change an ending to make people happier about it. But here in early access games, in the in the era of early access games purchasing, investing, 
that's what it is. You're investing. I've invested my time and money into this game V Rising. So it's kind of critical that I play it. So putting 52 hours into this game in early access mode really showcases how good this game is for me. It's been a, been a blast. And I've been playing by myself. I did play with Retro Zero or Retro as Randon who f filled in with one of our episodes not too long ago. Uh, I did play a session with him uh, because I had been telling him about it. And I was like, dude, you got to play. So we finally sat down and we were able to play. And I think that was actually the last time that I played it just because it got busy after. But 52 hours into this game, like when I think about that, right, I got to think about all the other games that I'm not playing. So what that means is this game, this isometric build em, survival vampire game has, has, consuming, has consumed 52 hours of my, of my game time. That could have gone into, I don't know, finishing Horizon or getting back into Cyberpunk. Or And this game actually came out a couple weeks. I bought this game a couple weeks before the Elder Scrolls Online expansion. I have not touched that yet. And I'm actually very upset about that. But that's mostly because it's been kind of busy. Um, and that's kind of the thing. Like when you think about it, like the times at which I want to play something, I want to put like an hour into this game to harvest wood, get rock get gems, go maybe do a blood hunt, something like that, just to kind of progress my story or progress my 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 castles or my keeps. Like, that's crazy to me. And this game is phenomenal. I, I know I'm talking about how good this game is. But let's talk about what this game really is and, like, what do you do with it? Well, in the beginning of the game, you start off as a vampire, uh, awakening from a coffin. There is a little bit of a backstory, a little bit of lore, and... Essentially, what's going on is that this world used to be dominated by vampires. And then after a major war, an event that happened, uh, you lose control. And for whatever reason, you find yourself awakening in the catacombs probably hundreds and hundreds of years later. And you awaken. And it's time to learn how to play the game. And that's pretty much what happens. You learn how to play the game. You get thrown into the world. There are some things you can craft early on. There are some things you can collect early on. Um, but then the biggest decision that you make in the early game is deciding what to do and where to build your fortress. I would say my recommendation is to find somewhere in the middle. Um, learn the game a little bit, you know, build little tiny forts wherever you can. Uh, maybe don't invest too, too much. Make it more like a, okay, this is where I'm just going to throw my gear and sleep for the time being. And then when a time comes for me to make a move, like a good move, and I explored a little bit, I'm going to go make a decision to move into the middle of the map somewhere. Um, I recommend that because, like, the early stages of where I built my fort was probably too far. I mean, it was too, too far uh, at some point. So I ended up having to relocate myself to the middle of the map, which that was like a three-day process. Like, in-game, out-of-game, like, real-life three-day process. Uh, I mean, like, I 100% like bought in on not upgrading my keep anymore. And I was just like, all right, we're moving it over. And that took some time. And that's literally how this game has been consuming my life or consuming my game time. Because I've been playing the game to fulfill little missions, little quests like that that I have for myself in the game. And it's been really fun. Now, the cool thing about this game is you get to customize your character. Uh... The customization is, I would say, not super, super deep, but it's enough to make you feel like your character is, in fact, unique. 
And I think that's the one of the best things about this game. Now, if you do back it up with the deluxe edition, you do get some additional um, like bonuses, like equipment items, you know, just like vanity things. And honestly, I think it's about fifty dollars, thirty five ninety eight. If I'm looking at it correctly, yeah, thirty five ninety eight. Which honestly, it's not that much. Really, when you think about it, I think I paid 20 bucks for the game because I didn't even know if I was going to play the game, to be completely honest with you, because uh, I there are a lot of survival games that I have wanted to play and have purchased and stopped playing, kind of like Raft, kind of like Minecraft, um, Subnautica is one of those games that I've been on the fence about because I wanted to play that game for quite a while now and I still haven't bought it, um, No Man's Sky, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of games that were like this that I wanted to play but didn't play. But I think because it has the medieval element, I'm 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 stuck in it and I love it. So uh, I would recommend getting the bonus, the the deluxe edition with all the bonus equipment, because you do you're supporting this game. And I think overall this has definitely been a game worth supporting. Now, once you figure out where to build your castle, then the cool part happens. The cool part is the game kind of walks you through and it does kind of handhold you in in, in a little bit of a way. I'm telling you how to move and progress through the story. Uh, as far as story is concerned, not really any story, but the story that I'm referring to is how to play the game. And they kind of show you and they kind of teach you. Like, build this, build this, build this to get this perk kind of thing. And then you go from there. But once you get the basics down, the game says, all right, welcome to our world. It's massive. You have... The forest, which takes up probably about 60% of the map. And then there's an Arctic zone that takes up about 20% of the map. And then there's another zone that takes up another 20% of the map. And then there's another zone, which I haven't gone into yet, that probably takes up another, I would say another 30% of the map. I know that math is wrong, but math be hard like that. So, But the point is I'm saying is like, this map is huge. It's massive. There are at least, from my count, four major zones and one, two, three, three little small zones that you can adventure in. I mean, it's huge. And this is why, you know, building somewhere in the middle is essential. Um, also traveling, fast traveling. That's a really cool system that they have in the game where you can take these little portals and uh, come to a way shrine and you can start adventuring from there back to your point of command which would be your fort so that's really cool however they lock the manipulation of the of that of that way gate because you cannot take resources so it really focuses on this is what you have to do to make this work but you're still going to have to travel like there is no fast travel if you want all your gear if you want all your loot if you want your weapons your precious materials you have to walk all the way back to the fort. And I love that part of this game. I really do. And I think if you were to play this co-op with other people, which is something that I'm slowly starting to dabble into, uh, it would be a little easier because then multiple people can build multiple forts. So that way you can just kind of take it to their fort, research it and have it done and ready. So then you can go back to your fort and kind of learn how to do whatever it is you got to do. Now that leads me on to the next thing about this game. The blood hunt stuff once you figure out how to do all the things make shrines make uh, research tables um, alchemy stations uh, inventory space 
uh, all these things, once you learn how to make all this stuff, you're going to be able to make an altar. And the altar is the coolest part of the game because it really sets the tone for what this game is all about, which is there are bosses out there between mini bosses, big bosses, world bosses, whatever you want to call them. There's a various numbers of bosses out there and you have to go hunt them. You have to go kill them because if you want to be able to make something or build something or research something, those are going to be the ways that you get to that point and you have to go and attack them and you have to hunt them down. This is the coolest part of this game. It is a little it, it is the the probably the most clunkiest part of the game because the blood hunt scent thing is a little hit and miss sometimes. But once you play it for a couple of times, you kind of get the feel like okay, cool. It's it's kind of leading me down a path. But it's not like hey, let's take the beaten path. You know, like it it, it kind of leads you down the main road if you're playing enough and you kind of pay attention. You, you can tell that that's what's happening. But the blood hunt stuff is so cool. It is a little frustrating as a warning. It is a extremely frustrating because as fun as I have hunting down these, these uh, mini bosses, uh, whether it's like an archer or a vampire hunter, which was the last one that I took down, or a witch or some sort of like necromancer or something like that. Like when you go after these people, your whole point is to go after them because they're going to drop an ability. They're going to drop skills. And there are four skill trees, including, not including the one that you start off with. So five in total, but you can go after four. Now, you have to go after whatever boss you want to go after because every boss is going to drop a particular skill in that skill tree. So not everyone's going to be the same. There's like, there's like a phantom one. There's a poison one there's a uh, I forget I think it's like an art like madness one there's a blood one and then there's an ice one so there's five skill trees in this uh, game and each provide a unique set of skills there's defense there's speed there's attack there's buff there's group buff and then there's an ultimate and then on top of that you have weapons so your weapons really vary on what kind of skills you get there's bone weapons there's bronze there's metal and then there's iron and this is the thing about this is really cool that all those weapons do additional damage but they also do specific damage to specific creatures or environment things so like if you want to chop wood use an axe you want to break rock use mace you want to cut grass use a blade you want to you want to attack people probably use a polearm this is the part of the game that it gets really kind of kind of detailed in its makeup and i love that concept but let's back it up here real fast because we're going to go back to i want to go back to the blood hunt stuff because the altar and blood hunt thing is amazing there are i don't know how many bosses but i would say at least i'm going to say over under 50 bosses world bosses over 50 maybe less than 60 if not more than that it's a crazy amount it's a crazy amount but the thing is and they're so difficult like you can take the amount you can take them on one-on-one one v one easy enough i can tell you that right now there are some bosses that i thought yo i'm never going to take them on but once you level up your abilities or your you unlock more abilities and level up your weapons and your gear level because it's based off a gear level you can take them on and you can do some damage however the biggest part of this game is kind of like any game that's like diablo or like um 
oh, what is that? Uh, what is that game that I didn't play that I, everyone was like, oh, you're gonna love this game, and I hated it. <laughs> uh, let me see, because I really want to. I, I really want to make this point because I did not like that game in particular. Not because of the combat style, but because of the whole like MMO. It's that it was that MMO game that came out that everyone was like, oh man, this is the best game. You're gonna love it. It's it's gonna be amazing. Lost Ark. That's what it was. It's like Lost Ark. So think of like the bird's eye view, isometric view of a Lost Ark. And the same combat situation. So like it's it's you versus a bad guy, and they have like a radial attack that shoots off in a certain directional pattern. And you have to like maneuver and weave your way through this pattern. It's the same thing with this game. But it's more I find it I think it's more entertaining. Because you're actually trying to maneuver your way through these attacks. And you're trying to fight your way through their their movements. But then on top of that, they have mobs. They have groups. They have special abilities that can either suck you in or slow you down. They can do DPS over time. They can do AoE. It's an it's amazing combination, completely, honestly. And it's probably one of the more frustrating parts of the game. Because... It is so complex sometimes. Like, I will say that fighting the vampire hunter, which I fought him at level 42 or 5, I think, and he's like 46 or 7, um, it took a minute to kind of figure out how he fought because he has a pattern, and you have to kind of learn their directional patterns, and you also have to learn their abilities. Now, that part is... That part is really fun, but then the part that makes it worse is that sometimes they aggro other bosses. Sometimes another boss will come in, maybe a chaos archer will get lost in the shuffle, and then the a priestess of light will find her way into the fight. And then the next thing you know, it's three, it's three v one or three v two if uh, there's like a necromatic, necrotic uh, damage dealer or like some undead beast thing that's around then it's 1v1v1 or it's 2v1 or 2v2 and 3v3 it, it, it can get chaotic and hectic in a in a heartbeat it's nuts and that's i think the part that that part really kind of sucks sometimes because it can really frustrate you i know i get frustrated a lot when that happens which is funny that th this game is frustrating me in that sense but it can frustrate me or it can frustrate you but it makes you want to go back and do it again at least for me, it does, because I want to know, did I do something wrong? Or how can I maximize my damage? Or, okay, now I figure out that this is how this guy moves. Now I need to move this way. Now I need to do this one. So he does this, I need to do this to counter his attack. Or, well, okay, maybe the chaos damage didn't work well. Let me do frost damage. Or let me do blood damage. Or let me do necrotic damage. You know, it's, it's a pick and play of how you want to do your attacks. And, of course, you can mix and match whatever you want. Like you don't have to just stick to one skill tree on all your movesets. You can you can completely mix and match. That's the really fun part of this game. Uh, that's I think that's the part that a lot of people who like combat and who like fighting enemies will really enjoy this game because there's so much of that. And I feel like every boss that I have fought in so far is completely unique. Not one of them has the same tactics. And that's a credit to Stunlock Studios because they've done their research, or they, at least they've done their dedicated work to make each boss fight feel completely unique. And I think that that's really, really cool because so many times when you play a game, 
like Lost Ark or even Diablo for that for that fact. Um, sometimes you feel like you're you're fighting the same guy over and over again, just in a different retexturing, uh, and that's part of the frustration with these games sometimes. But so far, into probably about twenty bosses. Man, there has to be like 80, maybe 100 bosses in this game. Because as I think about it, I think I am like maybe 20 or 30 bosses in. And I remember when I was scrolling through it, there seemed to be so many more. <laughs> so um, there's definitely a lot more bosses in this game. Now, that being said, that is only part of what makes this game fun. Like that is the one aspect to this game. The other aspect is material gathering. Material gathering is a process in itself. You can literally spend one game session just hunting materials. Because I've done this. I have farmed trees, rocks, grass, gemstones, fish, um, iron, bronze, uh, sulfur, uh, wood, uh, blood essence. I have done all these things to be give myself an ability to build. But the resources are impressive in this game. And like in any kind of other game where it's a it's resource gathering based, you know, there's a RNG to, you know, finding what you find. But there is also this, you know, like kind of a need for exploration to find these resources because the further you go out, kind of similar to Valheim, the more you go out, the more you explore the world, the more resources you'll find. However, they're going to be locked like in Valheim to weapon damage so if your weapon isn't strong enough to break down that material you're gonna to have to figure out how to break that material down uh, with time you'll be able to do all this and you'll be able to break down whatever it needs you to break down sometimes you need dynamite and that's a that's a real thing in the game sometimes you need dynamite to break down a wall or or a cave entrance or maybe you just want to save yourself some time and you just want to blow up the rocks instead of having to sit there and beat them for 12 hits because that's what I do. I just sit there, I beat them for 12 hits while I'm you know, watching TV or listening to the radio or listening to a podcast. Um, but that's my process. Somebody else's process might be like, I don't got time for this. And I totally get it. So it's kind of like pick and choose how you want to play. Now, all this being said, right? All this being said, it seems like a lot. It is a lot. But you got to do this stuff between a day and night filter. So think about that. So you can either do this every night in the game. Or during the day in the game. And if you're doing it during the day in the game, you have to be weary of sun damage. Sun damage is a very real thing in this game. And if you're not properly prepared to deal with sun damage, it will eat you alive. And it will make your it will make your weapons, it will make your resources, it would make your, your gear lose charge or durability, if you will. Um and that sucks. So like early in game you have to figure out how to how to maneuver your way through the sun because there is no rest for the wicked. There is none. You have to keep going. And the sun sometimes can be a burden, especially when you come up across a boss that you've been hunting overnight. And then it's like, all right, dude, like he finally shows up in the middle of the morning and there's sun everywhere and there's hardly any shadow. But that's the beauty of the game. If you you can use shadows to your advantage. So if you want to fight them under the, the canopy of trees, do it. It, but if you want to fight them on the main road, be sure that whatever it is you're fighting, you can aggro or kite them into the shadows to give yourself a little bit of a break. And this is the fun part. Now, if you stay at night, you're good. And every so, I think it's about 30 days in game, 
because there is like a, a calendar clock um, monitor in the game. Every time you have 30 days, you get a blood moon. And I believe it's 30 days. I'm not too sure. But I'm pretty sure it's because that's when I first saw it. Um, you get a blood moon. And that blood moon enhances whatever abilities you have, whatever blood type you have on you. And you can move forward with that. It doesn't mean you're god mode. <laughs> don't get this. Don't get that twisted. Because that's what I thought it meant. It is definitely not god mode. It just means that whatever abilities abilities you have from that blood set or that blood type you have, you're a little stronger. But by no means is it is it god mode. Now, what what do you, what do you mean? What do you mean blood types? What what does that mean? Like A negative, B negative, zero double zeros? What what the heck is that? Let me tell you. The other part that makes this game very complicated and very complex is there are blood types. So what that means is every every NPC, whether it's a farmer, a ranger, a thief, a brute, a soldier, uh, a beast like a bear or a deer or even a rat, for example, they all have blood types. And the thing is, each victim you have or each victim you 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 kill they will yield a blood type and there'll be a moment to there'll be a moment when you're fighting them to and it'll prompt you do you want to feed and with that there'll be a percentage as you level up you'll be able to identify their blood types before you even kill them which is cool which will save you some time because you can target a little bit better but if you don't have that before it's pretty much a guessing game um, and you're going to have to kind of go after some of these abilities, these guys, just to feed. Because you need to have your blood pool completely full throughout the game to be able to do anything. Any ability, anything you do costs blood. Just the ability to survive costs you blood. And that's kind of the other part of this game. The world is against you. You're a vampire. If you need blood, you better Edward Cullen it and go kill a deer and be weak. But if you want to be you know, Vlad, the Impaler, then you're going to go and hunt at night and find a good specimen. And not only can you find a good specimen, maybe you find multiple good specimens and you are able to take their blood sample and use their blood to your advantage. Now, it's completely based off a of percentage. So if you get a blood type that's about 1% or 2%, that's okay. It, that's enough just to keep moving. Um, that's good enough to keep moving. You don't get any buffs, no benefits. You have blood. Congratulations. You are the run of a male vampire. But if you want some good blood to gain some bonuses and benefits to your overall character, well, then you got to go find the good stuff. And the good stuff is going to be anything beyond the 33 point mark and 33% point mark. And after that, it just increases. Ideally, you want to have the 100% because if you get 100%, then whatever that blood type is, whether it's rogue, brute, um, beast, uh, or ranger or thief or whatever whatever blood type it is you get certain benefits to your attack skills and your magic skills and you can attack whatever you want you can kill whoever you want and you can take their blood and you can use it to your advantage this is the whole point that's what you want to do if you're lucky enough to get a hundred percent you better use that hundred percent to your advantage go on a hunt go ravage a city Go take out little towns. Go do whatever it is you got to do. Because you don't want to waste that 100 percenter. Trust me. I've wasted many hundreds. And I thought to myself, wow, all I did was build the entire time with 100% of that blood type. I was like, that's 
that was not good. You want to use those to your advantage. So this game is very situational, and it's all about capitalizing on your advantages. And it's so much fun. I'm not going to lie. So with every blood type, there's a percentage. So be very careful of that kind of thing. Now, the other part of this stuff here, the next thing that I want to talk about is exploration in this world is amazing, not only for resources, but for the overall towns that they have created in this world. The towns that they created in this world are spectacular. I mean, like these are proper villages and D&D environments. It's amazing because there are full-fledged market squares, people farming, people on guard and patrols, and there's horses, there's pigs, there's cows, there are peasants, there are priests, there are monks. It's a whole thing. And like to see how much work was has gone that has gone into this game is beyond impressive. I think that's one of the things that makes me keep exploring. Spoiler alert here. I traveled far north on the northeast side of this map. And I found this village of a bunch of people who were like um, hermits, but they were living away from like society. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. And they're like 1%, you know, blood, blood types. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'm not going to worry about these guys, but if they want to come at me, I'll take them on. Well, a couple of times they came at me and I was able to knock them out real easy. I was like, oh, these guys are lame. I was like, I wonder why these guys are out here. Like what's going on that they're out here by themselves? Why are they secluded? in this little village so far north well i kept i kept adventuring up north and that's how i found the snowy area of, of the map um but then i decided i was like all right well i gotta go all the way back and i got a bunch of resources let me run back i'll, I'll maybe kill some of those guys in that in that little town and just take refuge through the day in one of their houses and then i'll just wait and then move on well when i came back they all had turned into werewolves it was a village of secluded werewolves. That's why they're secluded. And I was like, yo, what the hell? This is crazy. And the greatest thing about this, though, was they're strong. Like, they were, like, 1%. Like, level, like they were, like, level 1s as humans. But, like, as werewolves, they were probably, like, in the 40s. I was like, holy shit. This is crazy. Like, how many, uh, wh what other little secrets and little little surprises are out there in this world? Uh, it was awesome. It's so cool. <laughs> so there are a ton of little secrets and little surprises in this game. And again, that's what makes this that's what makes this game really, really fun. 30 minutes into this podcast, I've not even talked about the building of this game yet. And that's probably my favorite part about this game. You can build the vampire mansion of your dreams. You really, really can. And it's all based off the resources you gather. And again, the people you blood hunt. Because blood hunting will give you more more recipes to learn how to make things with scrolls and papers and books that they drop. You'll be able to research more and more things. So you can make pillars, you can make workbenches, you can make separate doors, you can make water stained glass, you can make floating candles, you can make um uh, candelabras you can make carpets you can make paintings you can do sarcophaguses that are that are luxurious you can and you can do all these things you can even have coffins for servants and servants are just humans that you entrance take back and you basically kill them and make them your slave or you can take them back and put them into a room that you have made into a jail cell where you can harbor some of the high percentage blood types 
in this jail so that way you can feed on them later when it's time to go do something and but you can't get that jail cell recipe unless you go on a blood hunt and kill that that boss that drops that that's why this game is so fun there's so much to this game there's so much to the building and i'm not going to get into all of it because i really want to but i'm not gonna this game is beautiful it's an amazing game stunlock studios has done an extremely extremely good job with b rising i think it's probably one of the best games that's come out that's you know small studio based that's isometric based that's that's a build em survivalist game I think it's one of the best games that's come out so far because we have seen a lot of these games come out in the last couple of years. This is definitely one of the better ones. And I and I think I, I would really like to see this game grow in a, so much more because uh, I want to see what they do with this game uh, going forward. Uh, you can find this game on Steam, and I'm pretty sure it's also on GOG. It is an early access game, and you can buy this game at what I believe is $29.99 if you want the Eldest Bloodline pack. You can buy the DLC, the Relics pack for $9.99. You can buy all of them for $39.98. And I believe the base game is $19.99 because that's what I paid for it. Um, this is a really fun game. I recommend it. Highly recommend it. Go find it. Go play it. Go buy it. Go watch some streams on it at least. Um, this should be a game that I stream because it's amazing. It's a lot of fun. And I think I have a I have a lot of fun playing it because it's a very relaxing game for me. So I, I definitely recommend it. So that's it. That's the podcast. You've been listening to Juani Plays. I've been your host, Juani, JC, J114. And you can find me all over the internet. You can find me on Twitter at JWAN14. I've been tweeting a lot about basketball lately because that's what I do uh, in between Pokemon, video games, and the Digitavern. <laughs> I tweet a lot about basketball. Uh, but you can follow me there. You can find us on Instagram at the Digi Tavern. You can find us on Twitter at the Digi Tavern. You can follow all of our links in the bottom of the show notes. Uh, we'll basically lead you to everything that we do and everything that we are here in the Digi Tavern. And thank you again for making it to the end. Really appreciate it. And we'll see you next week, hopefully for another episode of the Digi Tavern podcast. Peace. Thanks, guys. <laughs>